This is the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com. Well, welcome back. It is a pleasure to be with you again. And whether this is your first time listening or you've actually listened to every single episode, I'm so glad that I can be on this journey uh, following Jesus with you. And this podcast is to help your journey of faith, help your leadership, help you serving and expanding God's kingdom. And so uh, it's for you, church leader, to encourage you, to equip you, to just bless you and to continue to point you to Jesus. As church leaders, we all need a humble posture of learning, right? And so I'm so glad that we're learning together. This is why I love doing this podcast because it has provided a great system for me to learn and to grow. Yes, me, your host, Daniel Williams. It actually forces me to do the work. And can I just give you a little confession? Um, I always don't wanna put in work. I always don't wanna study. I always don't wanna sometimes do these videos. It takes a lot of planning, preparation, work, time, commitment. But I'm so glad that I put a, a system in place to be able to have a podcast, to learn from other people, to edit things, to study things. And, and having this system sort of gives me accountability. And we all need accountability, don't we? Accountability helps us grow. We need to put systems in place to help our faith grow. And that, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Ways that we can cultivate our faith with spiritual disciplines. To have spiritual disciplines cultivate our faith, it takes uh, work, it takes time, it takes effort, but it's definitely worth it. And as these last few episodes, we've talked about uh, basically faith, how you apply your faith. Hebrews 11.1 talks about a biblical definition of faith and how faith is a trust in someone or something. And we're told as people to trust God. As Christian leaders, we want to trust Christ, and it's impossible to please God without faith, and so we want to continually move from faith to faith, trusting in God for great reward. And, and when it's not Jesus, when we put our trust in something else besides Jesus, well, it's idolatry. It isn't good for us. And so uh, I want to continue to talk about this subject of cultivating our faith, of continually growing in our faith, and practicing spiritual disciplines to do so. Ways that we can put uh, practice our faith and have uh, accountability to grow, even when we don't feel like it. These practicing things are, are cultivating our faith and spiritual disciplines is important for you as a church leader. It's important for me as a church leader. You know, one book that we give to uh, most of the leaders in our church as they come on to the, the pipeline and the process to grow in their faith is a book called Spiritual Disciplines by Donald Whitney. And, and it's a great book. It talks about these practices that help build our faith, help trust Jesus more. And he says in his book, in my own pastoral and personal Christian experience, I can say that I've never known a man or a woman who came to spiritual maturity except through discipline. Godliness comes through discipline. And we know this from the Word of God, don't we? We know that our faith will have works. Work, just even think about it. It's going to take effort. But Paul told his apprentice Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7 through 8, that we are to train yourself for godliness. He said, train yourself, Timothy, for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value, 
Godliness is a value in every way, and it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. See, spiritual disciplines can be hard at times. It can be work, but they help you grow. And Paul gives this illustration of physical exercise, which isn't always fun, but it produces a great result. I don't know about you, where you're at in life and what you like to do for fun, but running is not one of those things I like to do for fun. I do it as a necessity. I do it because I need to lose weight, because I want to be in shape, because I want to have uh, cardio and to uh, take care of my body. But it's something I don't really enjoy. Uh, And you know what? Even though I don't enjoy it, when I run more, I tend to lose weight more. I tend to feel better more. I tend to have results. And so, so many times in in, in our life, we don't want to do things that make us uncomfortable, that are hard. Even the word discipline, that you practice this effort. But the Bible says if we're going to grow in our faith, we need to practice spiritual disciplines. We need to have a system in place of accountability to build our faith. We want to do things that help our faith grow and to trust in Jesus more, to build in our relationship. Now, when I talk about spiritual disciplines, I'm not trying to be legalistic. I'm just trying to be practical. We all know this. We are saved by grace through faith. It is nothing of our own doing, we, but we grow in our relationship with God as we trust in Him. It's by His grace that we just trust in Him. We rely on Him. We continue to go in Him. And so we want to be able to put systems in place, accountability to help us grow, to trust in Him, to cultivate our faith, to encourage us to put in the work, because any good relationship, there's work. Now, this isn't a legalistic thing, but let me just tell you, if you don't have these systems in place, it affects your relationship with God. God loves us unconditionally. Praise the Lord for that. But we connect with God in certain levels, in certain ways, and trust Him. The more we know Him, the more we trust Him, the more we trust Him, the more we obey Him, the more we obey Him, the more we're blessed. And so this is something that God has said, hey, you can have a relationship with me. If you want to spend all day, every day with me, you can. If you want to neglect me, you can. And we have to decide by our faith. An example of a system or a spiritual discipline would just be a reading plan for the Bible. What, what you're going to do, read. If you want to read the Bible in a year or this last summer, our church has had the Summer in the Psalms where we've tried to read the entire book of Psalms, all 150 chapters, over this summer. And it's been just an amazing, fruitful time. We're getting testimony of people saying, well, I, I didn't really want to read today, but I knew the whole church was doing it and it was some good peer pressure and God's really, really encouraged me because I've been in the Word every single day. It's built their faith because they had this system of accountability. And as we're reading through Psalms, there was a couple of Psalms I'm going to share with you today that have stood out. Psalm 78 is a sort of a sad Psalm because it talks about how the nation of Israel lacked faith. They they lacked faith. They limited the Holy One, the God of Israel, because of their lack of faith. And in verse 22 of Psalm 78, uh, it says, Because they did not believe in God and did not trust His saving power. God was limited because they lacked to believe in who God was and to trust Him. We can actually limit God in our lives because we lack faith and trust in Him. We don't do what He says because we don't believe what He says. And see, our faith is based off of His Word, of who He is, His nature. We're, faith is to trust in someone or something. And we trust in His Word and the person of Jesus. 
And we can too many oftentimes be comfortable, stop living by faith, and so we have to cultivate it. And so we should be asking ourselves, how do we cultivate our faith? And see, the best thing for you as a ministry leader is this, to be in the presence of the Lord, to be in the presence of God. This is how I view spiritual disciplines. It's not to earn God's love, to earn God's favor, if God will use me. No, He uses the weak things of the world to confound the wise. But I want to be in God's presence. I want to utilize and I want to enjoy the blessing of my relationship with God, to know Him. You know, we see in Psalm 27, 4, where David, King David said, One thing I ask of the Lord that I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to inquire His temple. This was King David's top priority. When we see Jesus for who He is, and we're in God's presence, we're never the same. And see, as church leaders, we can spend a lot of our time doing many different things. We can strategize. We can study the Word of God. We can help people. We could feed the poor. We could do all these different things. But David said, the one thing I ask is just to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. Let's not forget the grace of God in spiritual disciplines, that we get to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and we get to seek Him. That should be your top priority. And that should be my top priority. I want to be in a position where I'm seeking God and I'm enjoying my relationship with Him. And that me as a church leader is not getting in the way as me as a Christian, as a man of God, as a child of God. You know, I'm always reminded of Luke chapter 10, the story of Martha and Mary. Martha, it says in that text, that she was distracted by much serving. But Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to His teaching. I find myself, there's this contrast in ministry where you could be a Mary or a Martha, where you can sit at the Lord's feet and enjoy His teaching, listening to Him and doing things out of the overflow of your heart, or serving, even spiritual disciplines could be a distraction. They could be a distraction. You can actually have ministry distract you from just sitting at Jesus' feet, worshiping Him. And the one thing that David asked of the Lord, the one thing he sought after was to be dwelling in the house of the Lord all the day of his life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. And Jesus said to Mary, man, you've chosen the good portion, the better part, which will not be taken away from her. And this is what Jesus told his disciples, that we as his disciples must abide in him to bear fruit. John chapter 15. Because when we seek God and are in his presence, we know him more. We trust him more. We get to see his character. And as we see his character, we're able to trust him. And then we're able to obey Him. And as we're obeying and abiding and remaining and dwelling in Christ, then it produces fruit. And this is when we get to glorify God through our lives. And so spiritual disciplines are very important for church leaders because they all stem from a relationship with Jesus of trusting Him. This is why for us as a church, Redemption Church Delray Beach, uh, our mission is to pursue and to proclaim Jesus. We are all about discipleship, making disciples, evangelism, telling people about the gospel, telling people about Jesus, in God's word, proclaiming Him. We want to be at the forefront. But the order is significant. We first pursue and then proclaim. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And as I spend time with the Lord, the Holy Spirit is able to overflow into the ministry that I do. He first touches my heart and then out of my mouth it comes and speaks forth good news to other people. But I need to receive the good news of the gospel. This is why Paul said in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, For what I receive, now I give to you when instituting the Lord's communion. 
You know, John Piper in the recommended book of the month uh, on eeleaders.com, uh, Brothers, We Are Not Professionals, he says this, and I think it's, it's really important for us to understand. He says, a pastor who feels competent in himself to produce eternal fruit knows neither God nor himself. A pastor who feels competent in himself to produce eternal fruit knows neither God nor himself. God has given us an order that we as ministry leaders are to seek him, are to pursue him, are to have our own faith in him. And then out of that flow, out of that relationship, that ministry, that intimacy flows ministry. And so it's really important because being in God's presence changes everything. It changes everything. Knowing the living God, Jesus, the King, uh, changes everything. In Psalm 84, 10 through 12, uh, David would say this, For a day in the court, in your courts, is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord bestows favor and honor. No good thing does He withhold for those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed is the one who trusts in you. And see, we're talking about trust. We're talking about cultivating our faith. And so we're not having a legalistic system like if you do this and you'll be blessed in that way. The purpose of a spiritual discipline is to know our spiritual creator, is to know God himself. When we practice the presence of being in God, uh, when we practice being in the presence of God, we're going to practice walking in his ways. It helps build our faith and it helps us do ministry. And so we're continually to be having a position of humility, seeking God, seeking His presence. Psalm 105.4, seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His presence continually. Spiritual disciplines are to help us to know Jesus, to be before His presence. And so I want to share with you some practical spiritual disciplines of the Christian faith. Just to to sort of um, give you ideas and help you and talk about the practical sense. As a church leader, as a Christian, as someone wanting to follow God and to serve Him, we still need to practice disciplines. We still need to have accountability to be able to put structure and systems in place to make ventures of faith, to cultivate our faith, to trust God more and more and more. Because remember, these disciplines are to point us to a person, Jesus Himself. And so hopefully as I give you these ideas, it will be helpful. It will be convicting. It will be encouraging to say, you know what? Yeah, I want to practice spiritual discipline. There there is some good to this. It's not legalistic, but it's something that, man, I can do and I want to share and, um, and I want to know God more and more and more. So I want to practice these things. And so the first one is the Word of God. Meditating, memorizing, obeying the Word of God. You know, Jesus tells us in John 5.39 that all Scripture points to Him. And so if you want to know Jesus, if you want to be a, a man or woman of faith, you have to know the Word of God because all the Word of God points us to Jesus, His character. I love what uh, Brian Broderson says about the Word of God. He says, Christian Christians cannot live victoriously when disconnected from the Word of God. See, here's an amazing thing. Our God speaks. And when he speaks, the Bible says it brings forth life. And we actually can take the time to know Jesus through his word. And so we spend so much time doing so many other things. Uh, We're so quick to get advice from people or to go to Facebook or to entertain ourselves with movies. And none of these things are bad, but they're not the first priority. We need to spend time seeking God, going to his word, studying his word, meditating on it, memorizing scripture. And finally, obeying God's word. Uh, 
Psalm 19.7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The Word of God is perfect. It's good for us to walk into good works, to know it. It's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Donald Whitney, again in his book, he says, No spiritual discipline is more important than the intake of God's Word. Nothing can substitute for it. There is simply no healthy Christian life apart from the diet of the milk and meat of Scripture. And I I would say the same thing. It starts with the Word of God. This is one of the great spiritual disciplines that you have to uh, be able to have in your life to be a man or a woman of faith, a great faith. Is to just to know the love, uh, to know the love of Christ, to know that He speaks to you, and to go to His Word daily. And so, practically, what does this look like? Well, have a reading plan. What is your plan? How do you practice reading God's Word? Do you make it a goal to read through the Word of God once a year, uh, to read it in ninety days, to read it in two years? Um, do you memorize Scripture? Are you taking time to study it? You know, one of the things I recently did over this last year is I took a Bible class uh, with a professor, just not for a certificate, just to study and to be in God's Word. And every Friday I would go and get developed and personally grow in my walk with the Lord and just be fed. Uh, You can listen to podcasts. This is one of the reasons why in this podcast I put forth a lot of scripture. Um, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I listen to good biblical teaching, preachers from all over the nation with their podcasts, their resources. hearing God's Word continually, uh, reading it, reading it with my children at night, uh, reading it with them in the morning, uh, reading, uh, having reading plans with people in our church. But I want to make systems in place and put those things in place to memorize Scripture, to have accountability, to continually be a man of God's Word and to, to really uh, read that. That's a very, very important uh, spiritual discipline that, that is just will reap a hundredfold it will just bless your life and it will really help you. And so not only do we see the preaching of God's word important and the reading of God's word, but usually at a service, you also see singing matched up to that. Worship, praise, right? If you go to a Sunday service, you're probably going to hear the word of God, but you're also going to have singing and worship. And that's because singing is a powerful spiritual discipline as well. Psalm 84 uh, 4 says, Blessed are those who dwell in your house ever singing your praise. When God's people come together and sing, man, the Bible says God inhabits the praises of His people. We're blessed when we get our attention or focus off the circumstance and on to God. And we do that by making these songs prayers and coming to God. It's a great way to remind ourselves of spiritual truths. So a great way to be in the presence of God is just singing. And so practically what I've done for this spiritual discipline is, man, I just download some good worship music, things that I connect to and um, just sing to God in my house, sing in the car. Um, I'm blessed because I know how to uh, play guitar and um, I could actually go online and jam with friends and and play an instrument and just go to my office and worship God. But man, uh, you can go and you can uh, visit other church services, night services, maybe buy local tickets to uh, a worship band. Um, and just even this morning, taking my kids to school, just having uh, my Spotify on a playlist that I resonate with and singing harmony in the background and just worshiping God, singing God is one of those beautiful spiritual disciplines that really helps us. Um, because when we sing, we make it 
our prayer and we connect with God. And that's another spiritual discipline is to fast and pray. You know, Jesus said, when you pray, when you fast, not if, but God wants us to align our hearts up with his heart. And when we pray, we do that. When we take time to fast and say no to the things of the flesh and say yes to things of spirit, thy will become on earth as it is in heaven. Uh, we're, we're able to pray and to fast and to sing and to talk with God. And so practically, uh, spiritual discipline of fasting and praying, I, I, I make space to pray. Sometimes in the car I sing songs, but then also I just have no music and I'm just talking to myself. At least that's what people think. I'm talking to God and, and just driving and talking with Him. Uh, I go in my neighborhood. I do walks. Um, and here's something really crazy. I schedule out time to pray. In my office space, in my office hours, I know if it's a busy day or to prep, I say, you know, I'm going to spend 15 minutes to pray. I'm going to spend an hour to pray or, or a day to, to fast and pray for these things. It's okay to schedule your time to write out your thoughts and write out your prayer. Like I have a prayer journal, those type of things. I even go so far as at uh, 10.02 every morning, I have an alarm go off. Because Luke 10.2 tells us that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. And so when that alarm goes off, uh, it reminds me that God has sent people in my life to labor and to get the gospel out. And I'm so grateful for all of our volunteers and our church. And, and I ask God to do more and to send more laborers and to send people to, to do a great work. And, and just taking that time, that reminder to pray. A system of every first Wednesday of the month, we have our church fast and pray. We're going to be starting these prayer nights in our community to, to have a system, to have a discipline, to take time to pray. And so skipping a meal, skipping a lunch, a few days to seek God in His presence is a great thing. And most of the times, when even I have a meeting, I pray before and after. I just want to, I want to be a man of prayer. I want to be fasting and praying, seeking God and enjoying that aspect of my relationship with God, His presence. Uh, another uh, spiritual discipline that um, I practice is, is Sabbath, enjoying God's rest. And I know that some people, they don't think of the Sabbath as a spiritual discipline. Rather, they think of that as a day off. But listen, God has told us to practice Sabbath for our good, to enjoy His rest. We don't think, a, uh, we don't think that a Sabbath is a spiritual discipline because it's, it's rest. It's enjoying God's grace. But as ministry leaders, we, we need to delight in God's rest. We need to delight in the grace of God and practice a Sabbath in the busy world that we live in. Because... The world says, if you do, 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 you're approved. But God says, and the gospel says, that we're saved by grace. That we don't have to do, 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 do. We are human beings. We can be with God. And it's not based off our effort or what we do. God's favor is for us. His grace is upon us. He loves us unconditionally. And so this is one of the hardest practices, I think, sometimes as a, as a type A workaholic uh, go-getter leader is to just take time to rest, to enjoy to trust that God is God and I am not. And I need to allow Him to rule and reign. And so um, I, I've just accepted that God has done a great work in my heart as I practice the Sabbath, as I enjoy God's grace, the grace to be able to talk to Him and then just to rest with Him. Practically, what, what do I do? How do I, how do I do this in my busy routine? Well, um, I set a certain time aside uh, to take a Sabbath. It is a proactive thing that I have to do. So every Mondays for me is my Sabbath day. And you know what? I, I personally have to prep for this. I have to plan my week. I have to say no to certain meetings on Mondays so I can take a day off. And, and I make um, 
a list of things that refresh me. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, a Sabbath is one where you're enjoying God's grace. And for me, on, on a Monday, I usually um, I read a lot more. Uh, books that refresh me, point me to the Lord, but I also work out a lot more on Mondays because I have more time. And because I've been so tired and over the weekend, with physically, with adrenaline, with speaking, with all this different stuff, I like to process that and just to relax and just get on elliptical and lose my mind and get sweating and just have that release for my body. Okay, And so I understand for your Sabbath, working out may not be uh, restful, but for me, it works out. And so you want to make a list of things that are restful for you. I love taking naps. I love um, spending time. My wife and I go on morning dates on Mondays and, and enjoy the beach and, and just enjoy the weather here in South Florida. I mean, what are things that, uh, that, that bring you life? God wants to bring you life by His grace, that, that, that you can enjoy God's grace. And it's, you're not, you're not, identity is not just on your doing, but what you're doing. Like I spend a lot of time on Mondays just with my family, with friends. Uh, last couple of weeks, I've been spending Mondays with a guy who's a pastor, and it's just been fun. Uh, I know that he's a pastor, and we talk about church, and we talk about life. We do some business, but for me, it's refreshing. It's not work to spend time with friends, family, people in church sometimes. I mean, uh, just this week, we went on another a date, a double date with another couple in our church. And, and so you want to do things that refresh you, that bring you towards God, to pray with one another, and you want to set that side of time. And then you also want to make boundaries for your Sabbath. I let people know that Mondays are my day off, that uh, I'm not going to handle my email very much on that day or, or, recall, or do calls. I don't schedule things. And so uh, we want to be people that the spiritual discipline of just resting. And see, when you rest and when you enjoy grace, another great spiritual discipline is just giving thanks. This may sound weird, but um, as you're enjoying God's work, we're told that we're just to give thanks to God, to rejoice. First Thessalonians says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstance, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. See, we're talking about spiritual disciplines, but we're really talking about the grace of God, of growing our faith and enjoying that relationship. And it's not drudgery. It's something where, man, giving thanks, saying things out loud about the situation, recognizing God is in your life, and just practicing that, having a prayer journal or, or a journal where you could write down and thank God for these things. And... Um, Practically what that looks like for me is when things go well, I thank God and I say it out loud so I can hear it. I don't want to be caught up and prideful thinking I'm doing everything. I want to be a person of thanks. Uh, I, I know other times in my life I've actually practiced like taking 20 minutes with a piece of paper and just writing out every single thing I'm thankful for. You know, we have an amazing leader at our church, Alicia, and she she does this hashtag like um, uh, a thousand and one things that she's thankful for. And you'll see it on her Instagram page. She's just like thanking God for this and for the walk and for her family and for trees and for, for the revelation. She's, I mean, from up, up, from a big thing to a little thing. She's just always thanking God for things. And that's what we need as leaders to be, to have that positive attitude, to recognize that God is with us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. And I need to practically practice these things. And so whether it be from a hashtag of Instagram to a journal, to just saying it out loud, Giving thanks is another spiritual discipline that um, has really, uh, really can help your life and has helped my life. And that's why I love uh, Alicia, this uh, great leader, her example, because another spiritual discipline but that we need to practice is fellowship. 
You know, as a pastor, I tell people all the time in my fellowship, it's important to have people of faith in your life. We're made for community. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. And let us consider how to stir one another up in love and good works, not neglecting to meet together as in the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as they see the day drawing near. But the reality is I I preach this, but how am I practicing this? See, as ministry leaders, sometimes we could be the loneliest people. We are called to be doing things in community, and we need to actually be relational. God has created us for community, so we have to have fellowship, and we have to make time for relationships, for relationships. And that, that's a, sometimes a hard thing for us to do, but it's a very important thing to practice the discipline of having people that could speak into your life and community where you could speak into other people's lives. And so practically, I'm a part of a community group at our church. Uh, my family... Um, has people over uh, that we just are other believers in, in our church and in our community to just have dinner with. That it's not a business meeting, it's not to take care of, but just to have fellowship, to, to talk about God and, and to enjoy one another. I schedule, and I purposely do this, to schedule a, a, a meeting with another pastor once a week. And I, I am bivocational, so on Thursdays I usually do my other jobs and things like that. And so um, I want to just for no reason, no agenda, just to have fellowship with other people and to cultivate it. And it's hard sometimes. Um, but I figure, hey, I have to eat. Everyone has to eat. Let's at least do it together so we can talk, so we can be encouraged. I, I make time out of my schedule to be um, going to conferences for fellowship or to be a part of Church United in South Florida um, and just want to be around other people. And see, I think that's important for us to understand that um, serving and doing these disciplines um, is a good thing for us to do. It's not a competition. God wants us to serve, to exercise the gifts that we've been given. And so we want to be able to use our gifts to bless other people. And uh, we we have to make sure that why we're doing it is important, that we're before the Lord and that being in the presence of God is an overflow. Because serving can get in the way, but Jesus told us it's better to give than to receive. And so we have to find ways, even as Christian leaders, to just practice the ways of Jesus, to serve and walk in His ways. I, I want to be able to find out my strengths and what gifts I have and just to be able to serve other people with that. I remember in the beginning of uh, Laura and I's marriage, my wife, she and I bought a microwave for some friends who didn't have a microwave. We just saw a need and we were able to do it. And and I, w- I would say that for you, to to practice serving. I know that many church leaders that we have a role we have a title but what's just a need that you see whether it be in your church or in your community you don't have to have a title you don't have to have a position just do something where no one sees it it was so fun to be able to to just drop off this gift or we you know we obviously tithe and and give offerings and are generous to our church but we also support uh, missionaries um, we also have a few um, kids that we sponsor through compassion or um, hope uh, food for the hungry um, that no one knows about, no one sees. We just do it because we want to do it. And um, I think that's really important for us to continue to practice uh, the the needs that we see, the disciplines, the things that are helping us because um, there are many other examples of spiritual disciplines that you can go off of, right? Uh, because of time, I don't have time to go into all of them. You, you, can, you can practice being generous. That's a spiritual discipline. Or evangelizing, making disciples. Here's another great one, silence and solitude. That's a beautiful spiritual discipline. But I didn't want to try to give you everything. I just wanted you to get a taste to, for you to, to see the importance of these disciplines and how they affect your relationship with others, how they affect your relationship with God. 
uh, in his book, Donald Whitney, he says, From biblical times to our time, godly people have always been spiritually uh, disciplined people. And so, what are you seeking? How are you practicing these spiritual disciplines? How are you seeking God's presence through them? What spiritual disciplines do you need to incorporate in your life? Uh, what's the next step? Do you need to practice Sabbath? Do you maybe need to read more of the Bible? Do you need to have more fellowship and people around you that could speak into you? Um, no one, no one coasts into Christ-likeness. Donald Whitney says, any progress in godliness requires spirit-filled effort and purpose. And so the, the idea of cultivating your faith, of taking ventures of faith and doing these things, the reason I'm bringing this up is because we want to move from faith to faith. What are some things that we can do in our life to trust God more? And I pray that this conversation, this discussion, this message, right, um, was helpful for you to just start seeing like, what spiritual disciplines do I need to practice? Because there is profit in godliness. And the way that we become godly is by being with God. The proverb says that if you walk with the wise, you become like wise. But if you walk with a fool, you'll be like a fool. And so let's continue to walk with the Lord. Let's practice spiritual disciplines, have accountability, have systems in place, so that way we continue as leaders, as church leaders, to be before our Savior, our King, and to expand His kingdom from that beautiful heart of worship. Out of the overflow of our heart, um, ministry will take place. And so I'm praying for your heart. I'm praying that you will continue to seek Jesus and continue to be abiding in Him and just seeking His presence. Well, today's subject and content made me think of a video from a video series we did with our church, Redemption Church, last summer. Um, I asked a lot of pastor friends and, and local leaders to just share wisdom from the book of Proverbs because I wanted our church to practice the spiritual discipline of reading the Bible every day. And so we walked through a summer of the Proverbs and I had people share videos. And you can actually check all of them out at redemptiondb.com. They're three-minute messages um, and I'll put the link in the show notes. But this video that I want to share with you is, is sort of like a one piece of advice. It's by my friend, Pastor Robbie Christmas, who serves out in West Palm Beach at Family Church. And he just did a great job encouraging the church to be diligent when it comes to practicing spiritual disciplines. And so I thought this would be a good uh, one piece of advice, but sort of a sample of even um, a three minute video, a, a accountability, a system that we did to get people into God's word. And so here's my friend, Pastor Robbie Christmas. This is a three-minute message brought to you by Redemption Church, Delray Beach. Hey guys, my name is Robbie Christmas. I'm with Family Church. I work with our church planners and all of our church planning efforts there. Uh, I want to share a proverb with you. I remember it was, gosh, probably 15 years ago. I was doing my quiet time. I was reading in Proverbs 13. And I read this verse and something about it just made me stop and read it again. And it said this, The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing. Yes, this is in King James. All right, where did I get a King James Bible? I don't know. The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing. But the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. I was like, man, there's something in there. I got to read that again. I read it four or five times and all of a sudden it hit me what it meant. And I think it hit me so hard because it really applied to my life. Anybody can want something and not get it. The soul, even a lazy person, the sluggard, even a lazy person has desires, but it doesn't mean he does anything with them. The soul of the sluggard desires and has nothing. But then it said, but 
there is a different way to live. There's a different way to do this. The soul of the diligent shall be made fat. A fat soul, that's what I want. I want a fat soul. I want my soul to be full and fulfilled. And so how do you get there? Well, it gives the formula, diligence. Man, that's tough for a lot of people to continue undeterred on a certain path. It's hard, especially in the culture that we live in. I think that's so consumer-driven and comfort-driven. But diligence, God's Word tells us, diligence is required to actually get somewhere in life. Desires are great and they're a good start, but when we can turn our desire into diligence, then we can actually see some traction in our lives towards those things that we say we want so much. So you desire to know more about God's Word? Man, that's a great place to start, desire. But lazy people desire too. Diligence? That will actually get you to know and understand God's Word more. So I hope that's encouraging to you. Well, again, we've been talking about spiritual disciplines and really how to build our faith. We, we want to be men and women of faith and continue to cultivate that in our lives. And so next episode, I'm going to talk to my friend Esteban, who's planning a church in Madrid, Spain. And my family and I were actually blessed to be able to visit them uh, over uh, last year and as they launched their service out. And I just had a great conversation with um, Esteban about stepping out in faith and what that involves, not only planning a church, but in a, in a foreign country. He left from California to Madrid, Spain. And so I, I have monthly calls with him. It's a blessing to have that fellowship with him. And we, we discuss all the time about where God is leading us and how we can trust in him and praying with one another. And so um, I thought it would be great for this community to hear one of our conversations just about ventures of faith. Now that we're practicing spiritual disciplines, now that we know the importance of from faith to faith, what does that practically look like? And so we'll be discussing with my friend Esteban uh, and talking about ventures of faith. But until then, man, I, I pray for your faith. Remember to continue to look to Jesus. He is the author and the finisher of your faith. Don't give up and continue to do those great things that God has called you to do. Thank you so much for listening to this Leadership Lessons podcast. You can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at eeleaders.com. If this podcast was a blessing to you, I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media. You can find us on social media at eeleaders. You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it would encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.